You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, happy Friday from Sprott Money News at SprottMoney.com. It's Friday, November the 6th, 2020. It's time for your Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke. Eric is unavailable again this week, so joining us is his old friend, Bob Thompson. You'll recall Bob has sat in for Eric before. Bob is actually a Senior Vice President and Portfolio Manager for Raymond James in Vancouver, Knows a lot about the mining sector. Knows a lot about the market in general. So it's always great to have him sit in for Eric. Bob, thank you for spending some time with me this morning. Great to be with you again, Craig. As we always point out, uh, we like to take questions. We can't answer a lot of questions today about the specific shares. Just for the compliance department doesn't allow us to do that, right, Bob? That's that's right. Uh, but we can talk about uh, the, you know the junior stocks in general. I think that's pretty valuable. And we will certainly do that. And we'll talk about the macro case, the big picture as well as the metals have had a good week. And again, feel free though to send us questions uh, through the email address submissions at sproutmoney.com. Hopefully, Eric will be back soon, and we'll get back into the specific mining share. Uh, questions. And always please visit SprottMoney.com for all your gold and silver bullion and bullion storage needs. We had a great week, no doubt about it. And I think we are reestablishing the uptrend here. So if you'd never a better time to add to your stack than the present. So again, go to SprottMoney.com or of course you can call us at 888-861-0775. Bob, let's start with the big picture, man. And we've been preaching this every week on these weekly wrap-ups about Try not to get caught up in the tick for tick and to recognize the fundamental strength of this bull market and the rationale behind it. What do you think? What did you see in uh, the big picture this week? Yeah, you know, Craig, it's a, it's a great point. And not just with the precious metals, but with, with everything out there. You ever notice the market does exactly opposite of what people think it's going to do? And the reason that it does that is because whatever the consensus is, is already factored into the market. It's already factored in. So if what happens is if what is expected to happen actually happens, it doesn't affect the market. So that's why people make so many mistakes here, you know, lightening up their positions or whatever the case is. Well, if everybody's lightening up their positions, then you're going to get surprised in the wrong direction. So, you know, we, we saw metals obviously surge this week. You know, the stock market surged this week. You know, the stock market likes to have some sort of clarity. And, you know, it looks like Biden's pulling ahead here. So, you know, who knows whether that's going to be good or bad in the long run. But generally speaking, you know, the metals do pretty well when a Democrat uh, gets in, and especially gold. Uh, interestingly enough, you know, going back to the election in 1980, um, every single Democrat that's been elected since then, you know, the gold, the gold price is up around, you know, 90 days past, it's up a couple percent. A year past, it's up around 3 or 4%. When a Republican gets, gets in, Actually, 90 days past, the, the, the gold price is down an average of 7% or 8%. So, How about that? you know, in, interestingly, the gold market tends to like Democrats. So we'll go with it. Maybe, that, maybe that's in relation to the dollar. Who knows? I know we've had a heck of a big down move in the dollar index this week. What do you make of that? Yeah, you know, it, it's very important, right? We've talked about real rates before, and you've talked about that quite extensively with Eric, and I think real rates are going more negative. Um, so that's good for gold. But the other big one is, is the dollar index. And, you know, people tend to look at it in the short run, but, but, but let's look at it in, in the long run here. I mean, going back, what is it, uh, 20 years, you know, I think we're in a situation to where we were kind of in 1999, 2000. And going back to those levels, the, the DXY, which is the, the dollar index, 
was pretty high levels at that time. We're talking up over 100. Um, right now, it's around 92.30 today, right? So if we're, if we're looking back at, at 100, I mean, it hasn't actually come down that far in the last uh, few weeks. And, and what it actually bottomed at um, in 2011, 2010 was about 72 to 75. So you can imagine if, if gold is $2,000 right now, then when it gets to 72 to 75, you can imagine what the gold price could be. Yeah. Yeah, Bob, I always think it's kind of funny that uh, the generalists out there like to say, well, gold goes up as the dollar goes down, but they, they, they rate the dollar off of the dollar index, and all the dollar index is is it compares the dollar to other fiat currencies that are devaluing just as fast. Doesn't that seem kind of silly? It, it, it is, really, but you know, gold, the gold price is most related to the U.S. dollar, and it's, it's, it's crazy, really, because you know, every currency in the world is, is devaluing. But you know, I, I think what's really important is the relationship isn't really that mysterious. People tend to think of the dollar as the unit of, of currency, and then they tend to think that gold goes up or gold goes down in, in dollars. Well, let's think of gold as, as the unit of currency. So if the dollar goes down, then of course gold's going to go up. It has to in related to dollars. Right? So it's not that the gold price is going up. It's the, it's the dollars are going down. Yeah. Right? A, yeah. A, 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 a hunk of gold is worth a hunk of gold. If, if, if production is increasing by 1.5% a year, you know, it's relatively, relatively stable as far as the supply. So it's the fiat currencies that are fluctuating dramatically. And, you know, and when you think of it that way, you, know, you can just think of what the negative real rates are going to do and, and all this money printing and you know, why something that only has a supply that goes up 1.5% a year can, can absolutely go, uh, go pretty ballistic in price. Right. Bob, what did you think of the FOMC headlines yesterday and Chairman Powell's press conference? I mean, to me, uh, we've been talking at TF Metals Report all week about it. It didn't really matter who the engineer is. Maybe with one engineer behind uh, pulling the levers, the train just goes off the cliff a little bit faster than the other engineer. Uh, Chairman Powell seemed to recognize that. What did you think of his comments yesterday? Well, they have a saying for that, right? Uh, exactly what you said there. It's, they're, they're rearranging the chairs on the Titanic, mm-hmm. the deck chairs, right? So something could be delayed a little bit, um, but but we're going in the same direction, right? Because they've made a decision that they have to inflate away this debt, right? They have to let inflation run. They have to keep interest rates very, very low. And if they can do that, then the bondholders end up losing money and they inflate away um, the, the, the debt that they have because the only other way that they're going to uh, in, inflate away this debt or, or, sorry, pay down this debt is if we get excessive growth in the economy. And they've been trying that for 10 years and it, it isn't happening. So they're, they're going to have to um, figure out a way to, to uh, get the dollar down. You know, the currency wars are starting again. They're going to have to keep negative rates uh, uh, where they are. And they're not going to say that. They're, they're not going to say, this is what we're going to do. Right. But they they say one thing and they do another. And what they're going to do is keep interest rates as low as they can and hopefully, you know, get inflation to run. Bob, one more question about the markets and uh, prices of the precious metals. And, and this will kind of lead us into the mining shares. You know, we've been watching this downtrend and consolidation phase for the last 90 days. It's a lot like last year. We did about the same thing from September into December. This year it's been August into November. But yesterday with those big rallies. Uh, Comex Gold, Comex Silver, both of the major ETFs, the GDX and the GDXJ, have all blasted above their 50-day moving averages. And they look perhaps to close above those levels 
today. Do you put a lot of significance into that in uh, what you do? Well, from a fundamental basis, it you know it doesn't matter that much because I, I like fundamentally what everything's doing. But so many people watch the technicals and so many institutions do and hedge funds, et cetera, that yes, it is important because if they're all looking at, you know, our range here of 1907 to 1980 for the gold price, for example, as far as, you know, resistance on the downside, resistance on the upside, then, um, you know, they're going to trade around those numbers. So sure, it jumps through that moving average. Everybody's going to say, okay, here we go. We're, we're going to continue on with the bull market and they're going to dive in, which guess what happens? It goes up more when they do that, right. right? And then they say, oh, it's confirmed. We were right. Well, they were right because, you know, everybody was looking at the same numbers. So, right. yes, it is important in, in, the, it is important in the short run. And, uh, but, but, but I think in the long run, you know, I, I mentioned it before, GDXJ used to be $160 a share. It's, uh, it's, it's 60 now. We've got a long way to run if gold continues to, uh, to go up. And, you know, I, I wanted to just going back to your, your question before about Chairman Powell. You know what I think they've realized? They've realized that we basically can never, ever have a recession again. Right. A, re- a recession is when things get reset. The people that are over leveraged go bankrupt. Capital gets allocated to the right places. And you start again with a new um, good economy. Well, it just can't happen now. There's so much debt in government, so much debt in consumer, so much debt in corporate, so much leverage in the system through derivatives, et cetera. They can never, ever have a recession because if it actually happens, it just wipes out everything. So they just continue to plug it and plug it and plug it. You know, we're, we're, we are in a terrible recession right now. If you look at GDP numbers, unemployment, all, all these sorts of things. But real estate is hitting all-time highs. Why is that happening? Stock market's hitting all-time highs. So it's, it's kind of like we're not in a recession, right? It's just because of the amount yeah. of money that they flooded in, and they realize they just can't let a normal recession happen again. So that'll work until it doesn't work. That's right. That's what, And that, again, that's one of the fundamental bases of why gold and silver have surged the last couple of years and should continue to surge because uh, it's hard to see that trend changing. Uh, Bob, I want to get to the shares in our remaining time. Again, we're uh, unlike Eric, you're a little bit constrained about how we if we can talk about individual names. So hopefully we'll get back to that format as soon as we can. But in terms of the sector in general, Bob, we've had another great round of of earnings reports coming out of the third quarter. Got a lot of the big major companies producing a lot of free cash flow, increasing dividends. Uh, what are your ideas uh, in general about where we are for the mining shares? What does that mining clock of yours show? Right. I, I, you know, I think that's really important because the individual stocks are, are volatile. They go up and down, but you just don't want to make the wrong decision by buying the, even by buying the right stocks. That's what I'm going to talk a little bit about is the psychology of the sector because it's hugely, hugely volatile. Yeah, please. So, 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 so yeah, well, you know, what, what happens, and I've talked about the mining clock before, and, you know, 3 o'clock is kind of the, the worst time. That's the end of 2015 when companies are going bankrupt and everybody's over leveraged and they're getting rid of the corporate jets and, and uh, you know, everybody wonders whether there'll ever be a mining sector again. So we, we went through that in 2015. You know, we, we got a big bounce off of that uh, in 2016. And then we settled back into, um, um, you know, to kind of a blah market for, for, for a couple of years. But during that time frame, the companies continued to, um, um, to, to, to increase their efficiencies. They reduced their average cost of production. Metals price stabilized. Metals prices started to go up, and companies started to get cash flow positive. That happens around 4 or 5 o'clock on the mining clock. So um, now that that's happened and prices have gone up even more, with the average cost of production around 1000 and you know gold almost at 2000 
the 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 profits of these companies are are, are pretty immense in the cash flow. So last time, what happened in the last cycle is is these companies took these um, nice profits and you know, they started to to uh, overpay for other other assets, right? The the market is kind of wary that this time, and they don't want people to to necessarily uh, do growth at all costs. So as you said. You know they're going to be under pressure to start to increase some dividends, give some money back to investors, which you know over over time, as far as the general stock market is concerned, a big chunk of your returns is actually dividends. Right. So I think the institutional investors are going to want that. They're going to want some dividends to come back, and they're maybe going to want these companies to to grow a little uh, a little less slow. And I think that's going to be um, I think that's going to be uh, very very important for the sector because it'll probably extend out the sector a little bit, right? It'll extend out the time that that this is actually um, going to be a bull market. So so companies are going to start to get cash flow positive. We've seen some dividend increases. Um, they're going to be prudent with their cash. Right, because they're all very cautious about uh, you know something bad happening again and them getting caught over leveraged. So that's why my my mining clock's been stuck around six thirty for a while here. Right, we we had our trade wars. You know that put us back a little bit as far as the M and A activity that happens. You know now we've had this uh, this this election drama. We've had coronavirus. You know M and A is not happening because of coronavirus. Right, you have to go and kick the tires at a. At a, at a mine, if you're gonna if you're gonna buy it, and if you can't go there because everybody's in lockdown, then you're not going to be buying. So the M&A has been put off a little bit again. So we've been stuck here on the mining clock around 6:30 for a while, but the M&A is going to pick up. And and what happens when when that happens is you know a company buys out a junior, a company buys out a developer, and then the market goes, wow, here's a company with two million ounces of gold that just got out just got bought out for, for X amount of money. Well, who's all the other companies in the market that have two, two million ounces of gold? They should be trading at the same valuations, right? So then it raises the whole sector. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what you start to see um, in the market. We haven't seen that yet. It's going to happen. And then when it, when it does, you know, ultimately the prices become overinflated. Too much money comes into the sector and we start the cycle all over again. We're, we're nowhere near that. But, you know, I, I, I think these corrections that we get are, are really, really – really important to to trade them correctly you know we've had that in the last couple of months a lot of these stocks are down pretty significantly and you know it's just really really important to understand we are in a, a bull market and when you're in a bull market you want to buy the dips when you're in a bear market you want to sell the rallies you know unfortunately people get that confused right, right. you would have done phenomenal yeah you you know you actually done phenomenally well in the mining sector from 2013 or 2012 to, to 2015, if you had sold the rallies, there was lots of rallies that were up 50% in, in, in the mining shares. But we were in a bear market, so it ended up giving it all back again. Now we're in a bull market. You, uh, you, you buy the dips. And, you know, they, they say the portfolio is like a bar of soap. The more you touch it, the smaller it gets. So <laughs> keep, <laughs> keep, that in, keep that in mind. Don't, don't trade around too much. And, you know, Eric tends to hold stocks for a long time. Yes, he does. Right? Um, he, he does. And, 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 you know, one of the things that uh, he always mentioned to me, he said, you got to hold on to your winners and you add to your winners because he said, if it's a winner, it's continuing to get better and better and better. And, you know, uh, most people don't do that. They, they, they sell their winners and they hold their losers, right? right. Because that's how we're kind of hard to do. And, and just think of the math if you do that. If you sell all your winners and you hold all your losers, you end up with a portfolio full of losers. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, that that's that's the way it works. So I, I think, you know, um, the 
in the venture in the venture stocks over the past um, you know 40 years since the since uh, the early 1980s, we've had four or five significant corrections where the where the venture stocks went down by 75 to 80 percent. 75 to 80 percent, which is just absolutely crushing, as as we know. But that's when I get interested in something, when when it's down at 80 percent. GDXJ two or three years ago was down 80 over 80 percent in uh, in value. Then when when something starts to move up, Eric has a rule called the 20 percent rule. And with some, when something it's copper or gold price or whatever the case is, whatever he used to trade goes up 20 percent, he starts to look at it because that's telling you that it may be a new bull, bull market has started. So that, that's kind of the big picture to, to keep in mind here. You got to understand what you're doing. If you're just chasing, you know, chasing hot ideas, it's, it's probably not going to work out for you. Bob, I think you've mentioned in the past that uh, if anyone wants to email you, they, you'll be happy to send them some information on that mining clock and, and how that works. Uh, is that still the case? Yeah, that certainly is. And we profile that mining clock in the Gold Digger. We do a report every month called the Gold Digger, um, which, is, uh, which, is, which is quite interesting. talks a lot about the sector. And so, how, can, how can they reach you? Sure. It's uh, bob.thompson, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, at raymondjames.ca. There you go. Hey, I always tell people, man, you just can't have enough informed opinions in something like this. Yeah, you got to be in there and you want to stay invested if it's if it's truly a long-term bull market, but you need all the sources of information you can get and the gold digger is great. So, thank you Bob for providing that. My friend, thank you for stepping in for Eric on short notice. I very much appreciate it. Fantastic, Craig. Always great to talk to you and look forward to next time. On your way out, again, please remember to stop by sprotmoney.com. Always great deals on bullion. And in a bull market, it's always a great time to buy any dip you can get your hands on. Great deals on physical gold, physical silver. And if you need a place to store it, we can help you there too. Sproutmoney.com. And again, that number, 888-861-0775. Bob, thank you. Have a great weekend. Okay, thanks, Greg. And from all of us at Sprout Money News and SproutMoney.com, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next Friday.